1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play. Off to the races. Touchdown.
2: Oh, he's done it
1: again. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath,
2: and Ben.
0: Fun show for you today. We've got a mystery player draft. What is that? I'm not really sure. It's a new segment we're trying low expectations but we've got the good thing is plenty of big time news to talk about to give you some mega fantasy advice what does this mean for the Cowboys with Amari Cooper unlikely to come back Aaron Rodgers is going to make a decision maybe today maybe tomorrow fingers crossed we'll have some breaking news about that Jamie's back Dave is here Dave's not going anywhere we put the franchise tag on you Dave congratulations back for another year
2: 15 million guaranteed right (laughs) You you want the quarterback tag
0: yeah, you get the I'll average. settle for
2: 15 million. <laughs> you get the average of the top five fantasy analysts in the industry. Well, so. I'll take I'll I'll <laughs> take whatever franchise tag is an honor. I also Adam, you didn't get the memo that today is uh, NCAA final Four Windbreaker Day.
3: Yeah, man, you forgot your free gear.
2: It's Windbreaker Day. Well, I mean, yeah. take a look at us. We
3: all got We're it. In F2, I got, no,
2: I got it. I'm just not wearing it. Well, go put it on. Come on. Go put it on. <laughs> I let's, you know. Let's. Pre- I don't know if people know what's happening in March. They do it's a college basketball tournament. It's a thing. Yeah, hopefully baseball too. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully American League baseball.
3: Yeah, let's get that uh, get that pitch. I'm clock. gonna wear a different team okay. hat in in, in protest every day. Yesterday was the Mets for F15 five. Today's the Red Sox.
2: So you just have these from Little League, or you're a hat guy? Oh yeah, just from Little League. Okay, so I, I don't even need a slice of pizza every day, in <laughs> protest.
0: <laughs> J- J- JB's back from the combine. And he's going to give us some of the key takeaways from the combine. And we've got, let's start with the Amari Cooper news. And l- later we're going to do the mystery draft. And what we're going to do with the mystery draft is I'm going to give Dave, Jay- Dave and Jamie three players, three mystery players at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. I decided not to do it for tight end because I was having enough trouble making it interesting for the first three positions. Uh, and you're going to, based on their statistical profile, you're going to decide who you want. And we'll see who has a better team uh, at the end of the draft. What if I know all
3: the players already though? I
0: don't think you will.
3: I think you'll be able to. I I called your son. I bribed him. (laughs) Yeah. And he sent me uh, the players.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. He does. What'd you bribe him with?
3: uh,
2: Cookies.
0: Cook. Yeah. That'll work. That'll do it. (laughs) So, me too. Let's start with the Cooper news. So, the Cowboys unlikely, or they likely to release Amari Cooper and save a ton of money in cap space. And they need to do that. So, Dave, what is your thought on this? You know, Winners, losers, give me your 30-second your overview of what you think this means with Amari Cooper. Unlikely to be back. And Michael Gallup, reportedly, they're, they're trying to bring him back.
2: I think there are a lot of winners in this, believe it or not. I think that CeeDee Lamb's going to be a big winner because now his path to being the number one target getter in Dallas is pretty much wide open. I think it'll be big for the other pass catchers in Dallas, whether it's Dalton Schultz if he's back, Gallup if he's healthy, Sed Wilson if he's back, whoever they bring in. I think it's big for them. I think it's big for Cooper. He's got a chance now to be the number one target on a new team. It'll help the quarterback that's throwing to Amari Cooper. And I think the only loser could be Dak Prescott, who will still be a popular top eight-ish fantasy quarterback. But without having Amari Cooper on the field, we know how good those two work together. I do think it's a step back for him.
0: Man, Jamie, same question to you. Kind of a 30-second overview of what you think it means for Cooper out and Gallup back for the Cowboys.
3: Yeah, I agree with a lot of Dave, what Dave said. Um, I, I don't know if Dak will necessarily lose so much because I, I think, you know, we haven't really seen Dak in a scenario where CD Lamb doesn't have Cooper and then Gallup, you know, stepping into that role as number two guy with Dalton Schultz. You know, so I think the weapons, you know, take a slight downgrade, but I think Dak can make up for it, certainly with what those other guys will do. And we don't know what they're going to do to address Cooper's absence, you know, certainly in the NFL draft of a very, very deep receiving core. Uh, so you know they surprised us, you know, two or three seasons ago at this point when they drafted C D Lamb in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised if they get aggressive with that position in the draft at some point, doesn't necessarily mean day one. Uh, but it's gonna be again a deep draft so they can address it that way. They could also go cheap in free agency, you know, getting creative once they get their cap situation under control and maybe bring in somebody of a second or third tier caliber guy that can also help this receiving core as a whole. So Uh, Dalton Schultz is the key. If they lose Schultz and Cooper, then that's a big, you know, loss for, for Prescott. But I think if they move on from Cooper, it's because they plan to keep Schultz in some way, shape or form could be with the franchise tag could be with a long-term deal. Uh, we'll find out that answer. though probably Tuesday by four o'clock if they're going to give, uh, the franchise tag to Dalton Schultz.
0: Yeah, that's deadline for franchise tags. We have one so far, one announced Orlando Brown left tackle for the chiefs. We'll get more franchise tag information in the next day. So we have said this a lot. Based on last year's stats and splits, we want CD Lamb on the outside. So, yeah, this is good because when he when it was Gallup Cooper Lamb, he was playing a lot in the slot. We want we don't want that. He's been more productive on the outside. Does this get CD Lamb in the top twelve?
2: One hundred percent. He's real close. He moved up just on this news. I moved him up. I think I have him thirteenth, and I'm okay with him. He can line up wherever he wants. I don't want him exclusively in the slot. Uh, But he can line up, you know, 60% wide, 40% in the slot. I'll still be happy. I want him to keep getting fed. Give him eight and a half targets per game. We've seen that from him before. Let's see that again.
0: Would you rather have CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Broncos?
3: I don't think Jerry Judy is staying in Denver if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Broncos. Okay, fine. So, uh, Devontae Adams coming with him. <laughs> OK, fine. So that'd be
0: Adams next there.
3: Uh, all right. Uh, how about- if, acting, I- if it's just Rogers for
2: picks, uh, I'd rather have ceiling. Does this mean anything to you guys? Uh, a reliable source on Twitter called Vital Vegas has, has posted that Devontae Adams is buying a 12 million dollar mansion in Vegas. Now, I don't know if he's doing that just to go Airbnb or something like that. But usually when you buy a big house like that, maybe you plan on living in it. I wonder if that means something. That would be crazy. I, I don't. I, I. They've got a franchise tag him in Green Bay, and if Aaron's staying, then I imagine Devontae's staying. But, um, the, the Vital Vegas guys are usually on top of their Vegas news, and that's something that they've posted lately.
0: Well, speaking of, it's
3: out
2: of his control Aaron though. Rogers, you know, for now, so we'll see by tomorrow. Well, buying a house is never out of your control. You can always <laughs> do it as long as it's done responsibly, and hey, can I'm I sure that's what he's doing.
0: Well, all right. Well, first of all. So he's buying a house in Vegas, but those were not the four destinations that Aaron Rodgers was reporting. Right. Maybe he just likes Vegas. It's entirely possible. Yeah. Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Denver, Tennessee. Those are the four that, uh, that Aaron Rodgers is reportedly down to green Bay, Pittsburgh, Denver, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, your favorite Jamie from those four, you'd like to see Rogers where green Bay or Denver. Why not Pittsburgh? He could really do some line so bad, but it, means, uh, it, I mean,
3: it wouldn't be bad, but you asked me for my favorite. So those, those two are my favorites.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Um, Seattle turned down multiple first round picks from Washington for Russell Wilson. Okay. And the, the Washington,
3: from what I heard at the combine, they're going to be extremely aggressive where that, whether they succeed remains to be you know seen. But um, I think every quarterback that is potentially available that you've heard of <laughs> uh, that, that could be, you know, on the market, they are going to, you know, kick the tires on. So they, they are, doing their due diligence to try and fix that position. So we'll see what they end up doing.
0: Okay. The chargers are reportedly going to put the franchise tag on Mike Williams, who in his last 11 games was, I guess not as bad as I thought on pace for 70 catches, 1043 yards and five touchdowns in 17 games. I mean, that's really not that good. 61.4 yards per game and five touchdowns per 17 games. That was his last 11 games. His first five games on the other hand, we're spectacular. He had 82 or more yards in four of those five games, and he had six touchdowns. So looks like he'll be back with the Chargers. Dave, what's your reaction here to that news?
2: I guess it's fine. I, I'm i worried about how they use him. You talked earlier about how you don't want CeeDee Lamb in a certain role in Dallas. I don't want Mike Williams to be just a downfield threat for the Chargers. I want him to get involved in short and intermediate targets as well. And he's got to be better in the in inside the 10. He's got to be better at when he gets targeted in the end zone. Can't bobble passes, can't get can't lose those contested catches. Got off to a hot start and then after that, it was what is it? 4 games with 20 plus PPR fantasy points in the first 5 weeks and then 15 plus four times the rest of the season, including 26 in week 18. I, we need a little more consistency out of him and he's never really delivered it. <laughs> if he stays in LA, honestly, I don't think it matters where he goes. I don't see myself being excited to draft Mike Williams this year.
3: So we had, uh, we had Brandon Staley on, on show with us. um, And I asked him specifically about Mike Williams, you know, more so about, you know, if he leaves and what you would do to replace him. Um, One of the greatest sales pitches I've ever heard, you know, about keeping a a guy. I said, as soon as he was done talking, I said, all right, guys uh, clip that and send it right to Mike Williams agent, because uh, he's going to want to hear every word that, that Brandon just said. Um, he, he was just talking about how, you know, and he, and he, he kind of carried this over to a later question about Justin Herbert, about how these guys having consistency in their career for the first time, you know, obviously Herbert's young, but Williams as well, of the same system, same coaches, you know, giving giving them, you know, the direction that that they hope to build off of. So it does sound like they're going to keep Mike Williams. Um, I was actually hoping to see him, you know, leave more so for Josh Palmer because I'm, I'm very excited about him. But uh, he was also, you know, excited about Palmer as well. But I, I think when you look at Williams um, – it's more about what can he do, you know, taking it the next step. And, and they did try in the beginning of the season, you know, to make him kind of a big slot receiver, uh, you know, in in um, Lombardi's offense. You know, obviously, he's not going to play there exclusively because of what Keenan Allen does. But they were trying to move him around a little bit more than we've seen in his career. And so it probably, you know, they got away from that. Uh, it would be my guess, certainly, as, as some of the other guys developed as well. Um But I I think Williams is going to kind of fall into that number three receiver that you draft with the chance that he kind of is in a rotation with some other guys on your fantasy team.
0: He was a top 15 wide receiver last year, but obviously it was front-loaded, as we've mentioned. Would you rather have Mike Williams or Devontae Smith?
2: Smith. Uh,
3: If things stay the same in Philadelphia, I'd rather have Mike Williams.
0: Would you rather have Mike Williams or... Uh, uh Brandon Ayuk,
2: uh, William. I have Williams higher.
0: Okay, Amari Cooper goes to the Patriots.
2: Williams or Cooper?
3: Wow, uh, Cooper.
2: I'll take Cooper. I still think okay. he can be like a low end number two receiver with the Patriots.
0: All right, more news. Last big item here, then we'll fire through some of the uh, combine notes. We do have more news later in the show that we'll just read through and keep you updated on. But George Kittle, I thought this was pretty interesting. According to The Athletic, he was never fully recovered from his calf injury when he returned. He missed some games earlier in the year. He played 10 games after that and was solid, uh, but inconsistent, especially at the very end of the season. But his it, you know, his last 10 games, he was on pace for 88 catches, 1,161 yards, 10 touchdowns in 17 games. That's pretty i mean the touchdowns are good you ex- probably expect more yards from him uh per 17 games but you know he had games he had three his last three games of the season george Kittle did not have more than 29 yards he had no touchdowns then he wasn't really great in the postseason either but right you know that's kind of it's like oh oh well okay he was hurt but he's always hurt <laughs> it's like that's that's the big issue with george Kittle so with that said let me promote something very important all right the attacking the uh sorry excuse me The uh, Attacking Third podcast, great podcast, women's soccer podcast. Uh, This is a big month for the Attacking Third podcast. 2022 marks the 50th anniversary of Title IX. Attacking Third is celebrating the anniversary all of March for Women's History Month. Each Tuesday during March, hosts Lisa Roman and Sandra Herrera will chat with groundbreakers in women's sports. From Sam Uwes and Katrina Adams to Amy Trask and Leslie Visser, listen to Attacking Third's Title IX Tuesdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. All right, what would you think of the Combine, Jamie? What were some of the big items that we we talked about a couple on? uh, Well, actually, we talked about the Dallas News, but also the 49ers backfield. I know you wanted to talk about the Bills backfield. Let's start with the 49ers backfield and what you heard from John Lynch, who I really just probably would have taken the announcer role uh, for Amazon if I were him. But, hey, I guess he loves being in football. So uh, what'd you hear from him? What'd you think about what he said about his backfield? Yeah, you know, it's,
3: it's um, as I told you yesterday when we, when we were doing F15-5, you know, when I get in these situations, um, you know, combine now for this is the third time I've been there, um, owners meetings, you know, any just, you know, players I usually speak to, you know, especially as a fantasy analyst, and I think we are, we're all guilty of this, confirmation bias, you know, so if you're leaning one way and somebody says something kind of pushes you that way, um, and then it's trying to, you know, just read between some of the BS from what coaches and, and GMs say. And, and I have to say that this was one of the more, we, we, actually talked about this as, you know, different media people. Um, there was a lot of honesty, <laughs> rare honesty coming from a lot of coaches, and GMs, the Carson Wentz situation in particular, I've never heard a GM and a coach speak about a player that they have under contract, uh, and about wanting to get rid of him, especially at that position. Um, but in any event, uh John Lynch was asked about his running backs. And you know, I, I've I've said this to you a couple of times, Adam, uh just in in our in our personal conversations, but uh he called um Elijah Mitchell Drano. Uh he, he said because whenever you need someone to fill the gap, he filled it for us. So it was an interesting Fine. nickname that they they have for him. That's
0: not what he said. I thought it was the finds the
3: Finds again. Gap. Finds a yeah. gap. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll get the exact quote for you. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. Um but he was talking about, you know, just the, uh, the the backfield depth that they have and how he really likes Trey Sermon, uh, you know, from what it seems. And so, you know, I, I guess, you know, it could be a situation, you know, was it more like what happened with um, uh, Brandon Ayuk last year where he had, you know, kind of fallen in the doghouse. It happened with Trey Sermon early in in, in camp and, and he wasn't able to work his way out of it. You know, was Elijah Mitchell just that good? Obviously, we were hoping for a little bit more from Trey Sermon with the six games that Elijah Mitchell missed. Um, but. Uh, he seems to be pretty set with that rotation. Now, if you look at it, they haven't had the same leading rusher for five years in a row in the five years that Kyle Shannon has been the head coach there. It was Carlos Hyde, Matt Breida, Tim Coleman, um, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, and, and then Elijah Mitchell in some order. I, I probably got that wrong. But um, what he said was, uh, he said, Elijah, we we call him a draino because he always finds the right gap. It's kind of like putting the draino down the drain and it just finds it. Um, so he said, that's what we call him because of his natural run instincts. But then when he was talking about Trey Sermon, he said, Trey, we're really excited about as we are with Elijah and we like our depth in that room. And it's not bad to be able to turn to Debo when you need a player or two from him as well. So it's a matter of looking at Sermon, probably getting a little bit more work, looking at what Elijah Mitchell did, certainly not involved in the passing game, 18 catches on 20 targets last year, factoring in Trey Lance and what he's going to do as a rusher at that position, which they haven't had before. And then Debo Samuel. Can you really trust Elijah Mitchell to be a starting running back for your fantasy team next year, week in week out? Especially when you factor in he also missed six games. So I think it's going to be a little tough. You know, I think in non PPR you can get away with it. In PPR, probably more of a flex
2: play. I thought you were going to say that if uh, Elijah Mitchell is Drano, then Trey Sermon is what clogs the toilet in the <laughs> first place.
0: Yeah, that's what I. That's what
2: I was. I was trying to make that joke. You know, I think I think Sermon is going to end up being a great second half of the draft pick, just a dart throw that you carry for the first month of the year, assuming that there isn't bad news out of training camp or assuming that they don't add too much at running back this offseason. I think, remember, this is a guy who studied Kyle Shanahan to learn his new offense when he went to Ohio State, and then he gets drafted there. And he, I think he was starting to roll just a little bit when he got concussed. And I think that just kind of that combined with Elijah Mitchell having the the Drano rookie season, I guess, just kind of pushed him into the 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 background in San Francisco. I think he's got a shot. I think he definitely has a chance if he stays in San Francisco to take a significant amount of work away from Elijah Mitchell.
3: Well, we got to see what they do with the two free agents and what they do to bring somebody back because Kyle Shanahan. I remember the last combine when it was, I think it was Coleman Mostert. Wilson, and there was a fourth guy. I forget what it was. And he was like, we like having four. You know, we just mm-hmm. like having that depth. And so they're not going in with those two guys in hasty as their top three unless they're going to make Debo more of a full-time running back. And so if that's the case, then his value changes. But I think they're going to still add somebody else. And, again, we, we were surprised when they drafted two last year. You know, it wasn't something that we were expecting them to do. Um, yeah, you know, Sermon in the right. third round, Mitchell in the fifth round. So, like, you know, we said about the Cowboys, they're not afraid to add to what is a strength of theirs And that's
2: something that they might do again. And you can't just assume that they're going to just kick Mostert to the curb. Kyle Shanahan loves that guy.
0: Yeah. And I think each of the last two seasons, I want to, I, in my opinion, they went into the season trying to feature Raheem Mostert, you know, in 2020, he had a -hmm. big week one. Then they had a huge blowout win in week two, but he was definitely the clear cut starter. And then, it's hard to say that he barely played. We have one carry in week one of 2021. But I, I feel like based on what we saw from Elijah Mitchell afterwards, I feel like he was going to get that treatment as just at most, it was going to get that, that treatment. He was going to be their guy, but obviously I have no proof of that. It just kind of feels that way. Um, but so, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that they would use trade sermon. You can't, you can't just trash trade sermon. Obviously like John Lynch is going to be like, yeah, we, we think he sucks. But maybe he does. He, he didn't really show anything. And Oh, he definitely has a long way to go. Yeah. But
3: it, it's kind of been in the Kyle Shanahan era for fantasy. The last running back that you think, or the last one that you draft maybe, has been the best one.
0: I know, but it, it's weird. I buy into that. I forget. I used to say it's like Rangers closers, I think, because they always had a different one every single year and it was never the guy you drafted in mm-hmm. fantasy. But at the same time, I mean, I really think it was injury related for Mostert anyway. I don't remember the circumstances surrounding that.
3: I mean, if if you're judging injuries, Mitchell did not give you a good first impression based no. on injuries. Missed six games.
0: What do you do? What do you do as a fantasy analyst with this thing that 49ers running backs just always get injured? It shouldn't. It should probably have zero effect on how you go into. 2022. You can't be like, well, he's a 49ers running back. He's. Well, I mean, there. they they, they really go.
3: struggled with injuries the last few seasons. I mean, you think about after their Super Bowl year, you know, they they were they were lucky the Super Bowl season in terms of how they got through their injuries, if I remember correctly. Um, but the last two seasons, you know, I mean, Kittle's missed time, uh, Nick Bosa's missed time, the secondary was banged up.
2: Um, oh, brutal! I mean, they're they're. They, missed time. Right, right. There's Look what happened to their players. quarterback. Look what happened to their secondary. They're the whole defense basically. Two years yeah. ago, the Whole
0: defense. These are key players. Yeah, maybe they Might, just. Can't keep their players healthy. This, this is where this
3: is where the benefit comes in, you know. To your question about the running backs, they run the ball better than anybody, and you know that's Mike Shanahan to Kyle Shanahan. You know, I mean, you go everywhere they've been: Denver, uh, Houston as a coordinator for Kyle Shanahan, Atlanta as a coordinator there, Washington when they were there, uh, obviously San Francisco. You know, they just run the ball. I don't know why teams don't copy the same thing. You know, personnel obviously matters, but uh, the schemes that they've had for what thirty years has been extremely successful. And so he's going to get somebody back there. You're going to want to have somebody there. And so to Dave's point, yeah, it's not a bad throw to take Trey Sermon if, if Mitchell misses time, if he's number two. Uh, it could be Mostert if he's back. It could be uh, rookie X that they draft. Or, I mean, look, Tevin Coleman's a free agent. They may decide to bring him back instead of uh, you know, bringing back him back. That, that's one guy I won't buy. <laughs> I, I, but I'm just saying, you know, in terms of what the 49ers yeah. do. Yeah. You know, they're, they're going to probably add somebody else and that somebody else is probably going to make us go, Oh, why did they do that? And, and ruin maybe Mitchell, maybe sermon, maybe both. And that third guy could be the one that we want.
0: I, I also just, just quick footnote. I, th- I hope he sticks with the Debo Samuel a couple times, a, a play or two, or whatever he said, because for the sake of the backfield, if Debo's getting eight carries, that just, that's a killer. Yeah. If he's getting one or two, that's different. I, right. I guess if he if you have Debo Samuel on your team, you want it.
2: I bet I bet they reconsider carrying four running backs if they're going to commit to giving Debo the ball more. Uh they can carry three running backs and Debo is the fourth.
0: Well, it's it's it's, it's,
3: it's the right. it's the roster versus the active roster, you know, so that's that's the difference.
0: Jamie, sorry, that went a little long. So, gimme let's do two more. You want to talk Bills? Yeah, you know, uh so I asked Uh, Sean
3: McDermott about Devin Singletary and uh, it was kind of uh, interesting timing because he had just answered a question in regards to um, uh, meeting with offensive players. He didn't specify which players, but I think you can assume based on their needs that it's either going to be running back or probably offensive line, because I think those are the two positions that they go into looking at. Now they could look at receiver. Obviously Uh, they could be looking at backup quarterback because they're going to lose Trubisky. So, you know, he could have meant anybody could be tight end. You know, he just didn't specify. He said, we had, we had good conversations with a lot of offensive players. And so I said, you know, what was the difference for Singletary at the end of the last season, your commitment to him? And then what does that mean for his, his off season or his, his role going into um, going into 2022? So he said, everyone wants to know who's the lead back, right? Well, at the end of the day, I thought Devin did a phenomenal job. Again, a young player that continues to earn everything that he gets, I thought his determination, the way he ran the ball in the back half of the season, let's say the the back six games, really, I thought, energized our offense and gave us an identity and some great momentum, some great energy within certain games in particular. So really happy with the way he performed last season and look forward to another strong year from him moving forward. So, you know, a non-answer really in terms of the commitment for 2022, but clearly was excited about the way that he ran the ball. And I think we know, you've seen the reports about the, the friction potentially between Sean McDermott and Brian Dable. And so is there something to that, that McDermott, a defensive guy wanted to run the ball more, take some pressure off of his defense, take some pressure off of Josh Allen and sort of, you know, control the clock a little bit, as opposed to maybe Dable who has this amazing quarterback and wants to play to the strengths of his team, which was clearly not running the ball. So we'll find out, you know, with Ken Dorsey being promoted to the position with Joe Brady coming on as an offensive guy, um, those two things, you know, may not work hand in hand because I think Brady probably a little bit more of a pass, uh, friendly uh you know play caller as he was in, in Carolina or at least wanted to be and you know Ken Dorsey being a quarterback and and, and wanting to appease to his quarterback uh, also being on Dable's you know staff per se you know coming from that tree uh is he going to want to lean that way but you know if McDermott's keeping him in the position you know maybe it's more of a hey you know you follow my lead so we'll find out you know I think that's the position I think we're going to see what the the Bills decide to address if they do in the draft or free agency where they brought in Matt Breida last offseason Zach Moss still, uh, clearly there will be a part of it in some capacity. Uh, but Singletary is somebody I know, you know, uh, Chris towers earlier in one of our podcasts said he thinks he's a breakout candidate, you know, building off those six games and you know carrying that over to the course of, of a full season. It's still such a big question mark to me. So I think Singletary is still a guy you want to look at as a number two running back, uh, a good one, uh, potentially, uh, but not somebody I think you want to be overly aggressive with. So like that round four, round five range to me is still where I think he'll live.
0: Dave, are you on Singletary or Elijah Mitchell? If you're drafting today?
2: I've got Mitchell higher in my rankings right now, but that's because I'm assuming that Buffalo will make a bigger splash at running back than San Francisco will. Now, if the draft ends and Buffalo doesn't make that big splash, and maybe San Francisco does, or maybe San Francisco makes a little splash and Buffalo just doesn't do anything at the running back position, and in fact they fortify their offensive line, I'll move Singletary ahead. We've been, I've been waiting for Buffalo to make a big splash at running back for two years. They haven't done it either time. So when I heard Sean McDermott's quote, it made me think that they're very much considering not bothering to go heavy on running back again. And they might be very happy to just go with Singletary as their main guy. Moss might earn that second spot. Somebody else might earn that second spot. Maybe it's a late-round rookie. Who knows? And they they just move forward that way because they've done so well being this Josh Allen-centric offense that they just keep doing that and who the running back is doesn't really matter as much.
3: The Moss thing is interesting to me because it, it I, I think they like him. I just don't know if they could trust him, you know, based on the injuries uh, the fact that every time he seems to start to build something, he misses time. And so I just wonder if, you know, did Singletary do enough to kind of say, okay, we can, we can run with this guy. We can roll with this guy. He can be the the one that we lean on and we don't have to worry about necessarily using Moss. If in fact, you know, today's point, they don't go out and make some big splash. I don't see them making a huge splash there um, because I think Sean McDermott and certainly Brandon Bean are smart enough to realize that that's not a position you invest heavily in to make your team successful. Um, so they have these guys under control uh, in terms of Singletary Moss, maybe draft a third, and, and go that route. So I don't think it'll be a heavy investment, but I do think maybe day two or day three, uh, m- most likely probably day three, is something that they do because that's kind of been what they've done. You know, Singletary was what, around three pick, and, and Moss was as well.
0: What was nice to see was Singletary was getting a lot of short yardage touchdowns. I don't want to necessarily say goal line, but one, two, three, four, five, six yards out. I was getting a bunch of those down the stretch, and that was usually something that just went to Josh Allen and Allen still, even without those touchdowns, Josh Allen still had a huge finish. So you saw their offense was capable of having Allen, you know, do it basically with his with his arm, a little bit with his legs, and still lose some of those goal line or short yardage touchdowns and still be awesome. One final news item, Jamie.
3: A uh, news item
0: or anything? You don't have? I mean, we can move on.
3: We've covered. All uh, that. I mean, I just because I have the the notes in front of me from what McDermott said about Gabriel Davis, another guy that we're obviously excited about. Um, he was talking about, you know, just his development and, you know, I'm, I'm still, uh, somewhat old school with this about 30 year receiver. So he's entering year three. So what he said was he has a tremendous DNA. He's a winner. He's a player that in year two, really in year one, our backup in year one, had a good season and came back and followed up in year two, which is not easy to do. Then he continues to get better and better. And that's what I'm looking forward to seeing when he comes back in year three. Now this off season, he's quickly becoming one of our leaders in our locker room at such a young age, which is unique to say for a young player. So You know, you had that strong playoff performance over 200 yards and four touchdowns against the Chiefs, you know, clearly showing the upside and the high ceiling type of plays that we look for. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is a free agent. I would be very shocked if they brought him back. I would also be surprised they don't add somebody to that room because, you know, Cole Beasley is not exactly young. Um, Stephon Diggs is starting to get expensive. So, you know, they might be starting to look at how they keep turning over the position in the future. So we'll see, you know, again, the investment that they make there. But clearly, I think Gabriel Davis is going to be one of these guys that you have to consider a breakout candidate. And if he does, you know, start to show you those flashes with more targets and more opportunities,
2: he could be a special player with a great quarterback. He's gonna score four touchdowns every game, right? That's what that to I mean. Five have every, every two games. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I think Davis is gonna be the number two receiver there. They gave Cole Beasley permission to seek a trade. That's usually the precursor to somebody not being on that team in the coming year. So they they might have a big opening at slot receiver. I remember the one game Isaiah McKenzie had. When he was their slot receiver, Cole Beasley was out. McKenzie was awesome. But they were that he, game too, right? What's up? Wasn't he might Davis have been. Too? A, a, I believe it was McKenzie who was lining up in the slot. Yeah, things. no, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, target opportunities were, were certainly big. They could conceivably begin the year with Diggs, Davis, and McKenzie as their top three receivers. They could draft a receiver, maybe in that round three, round four range, and let that guy be what Gabriel Davis was for the next couple of seasons where he just works his way up into the offense. And I think they can get by with that, assuming that they've got at least Dawson Knox tight end. I'm sure Jamie, you heard the rumors about Gronk maybe ending up in Buffalo. That would be really, really fun. I think this passing offense will be just fine. And if Davis is going to have that big of a role, then he's going to be one of the most prominent breakout receivers that everybody in fantasy is going to talk about. I wonder if that leads to him getting overdrafted a little bit. I like him in that round six-ish range at the absolute earliest. I don't think he's worth the top
3: 60 pick overall. That would be around. If five. Beasley's gone, he'll be in 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 that range. Yeah. And people get overexcited. About
0: <laughs> Man, I th- yeah, I think he'll get... He, he's got this ability to score touchdowns is incredible. He has 16 games in his career. You're going to hear this, stat a lot from me throughout the next few months. 16 games with four or more targets. Just four or more targets. And he's got a touchdown in 10 of those 16 games. I'll just look at games with four or five targets. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and I think there's eleven of them. And he's caught a touchdown in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the eleven games where he has only only four or five touchdown targets. He's caught a touchdown in seven of eleven. Pretty games. good. It's crazy.
2: And, but and does that does that pace continue no. if he's a number two receiver?
0: It can't continue. It just can't. He's also not a guy who has a ton of short yardage touchdowns. If you look at all five of his playoff touchdowns, one against New England, four against the Chiefs, against they were State. all from 19 yards out or, or 18 or more yards out. Yeah. So I I think his production has been fluky in that regard. But, but of course, the touchdown rate comes down, the targets, the yards, that all goes up. You, you know, you obviously can make right. up. Okay, guys, uh, we're going to take a break here. More news in a moment. And then the mystery draft. Yeah. Everybody's excited about it. And Dave, will you're going to review taken today? Right. I Absolutely right? not. <laughs>
3: I got some rookie I, notes for you too.
0: Oh yeah. We should probably do that. Okay. Rookie yeah. notes. we we'll come back. Rookie notes and, and a taken review. We'll be right back on.
1: Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
2: Welcome back. Dave, you haven't watched Taken. What's going on here? My wife and I sat down to watch it, and we watched the preview for Taken first, and my wife immediately went, uh-uh, I'm not watching this. <laughs> what? Really? So so my review is Pirates of the Caribbean was very good. The second <laughs> one was a lot more entertaining than the first one.
3: That's the first time you saw that one, too?
2: Yeah. <laughs> wait,
0: you, wait a second. You saw which one? Pirate, the first Pirates of the Caribbean? Dead Man's Chest we saw. No, though, I think they all suck after the
2: first one. The first one's great. Okay, well, we like the second No, one. they're all entertaining. Right. Yeah, they're, they're, like, I'm not going to like say it's one of my favorite movies of all time.
0: They're like a bad <laughs> Game of Thrones episode. It's just, just like action porn, basically. But uh, all right, you'll watch Taken by Yourself. Also, I would say Taken is better than the preview. I've seen the trailer, and it makes it look really cheesy. And it's it's doesn't do it justice. I tried to sell
1: my wife on a watching. Daughter, so
3: watching that movie probably at this point in their lives is not the best
2: thing. No, I'll sure. watch it. I don't. I, I'm I'm just gonna have to find some time when no one's home where I can watch Taken Solo. Um, like but, Adam does. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly. exactly. Adam puts everybody to sleep and then he can sit and watch a movie. My there was leaves something leaves I saw on Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 taking my clothes okay never mind uh what Whoa! Yeah, they, uh, they had something on amazon prime called the hungover games where they paid like average actors to like do a parody of the hangover and the hunger games in the same movie okay and i tried to sell my wife on watching that because it looked absolutely terrible and she also wouldn't watch the hungover games it sounds pretty terrible
0: Okay, what do we got from Rookie Talk? Oh, wait, did I ask you this very fun question that I forgot to ask? Would you rather – I didn't ask you this, right? Gabriel Davis or Michael Gallup? Davis. Oh, my gosh. Well, think about it. One guy's the number two wide receiver for the Cowboys. He had
2: Who's got a torn ACL?
0: Uh, well, it's assuming health, obviously. Okay. but.
2: I ask that question
0: David again. Davis has not done in his career what Michael Gallup has done.
3: They'll they'll be they'll probably be drafted in a similar range. I would say probably a, a round or two apart. If if there's no Amari Cooper, but David, Davis will definitely go first.
0: Yeah, I know he will. I want to know what you guys thought. Yeah. Okay. Who? Which rookie stood out to you? Um.
3: Well, uh, as Brady Quinn told me, I need to drink more milk. But um, I'm always uh uh intrigued. Whenever, um, one of these running backs breaks my hand when I shake their hand. And so the, uh, the two that I referenced to this running back in particular were Adrian Peterson. When I met, met him at the rookie symposium in 2007. Um, I'll still never forget that. Fell he broke my hand and then Jonathan Taylor at the uh, combine two seasons ago when also same thing. Uh, and if you're in the same company with those two guys, I think you're pretty, pretty happy about that. I'm sure there are plenty of other running backs that have strong grips. But Brees Hall, when I shook his hand, uh, I felt like he broke my hand, and I said that to him. Um, he's my favorite running back. He's probably my favorite rookie in his class, uh, and did nothing to take away any of his stock because he just destroyed the competition um, in the in the combine drills, um, and and impressed you know me in terms of the uh, the interview process that we when we spoke to him. So uh, he he. He has, he has everything that you're, I think, going to be looking for. Now, Ken Walker was impressive. Um, James Cook was was fun to talk to on and off the air.
0: How, how um, many of these hands did you shake? Did you shake Ken Walker's hands? I
3: shook Ken Walker's hand. I shook uh, James Cook's hand. I shook uh, Isaiah Spiller's hand. I shook um, uh, Rashad White's hand. Uh, I shook Malik Wilson's hand. One them,
0: only one of them uh, felt like it gave you the broken Yeah, hands. which yeah, one three, felt three, like you were shaking Paul, hands? There's with a vinegar. different
3: handshake for certain people. Now, I don't have the strongest handshake. And sometimes, you know, I, I always hate, like, if somebody grabs my hand first and, you know, you get, like, the weak handshake from you, like, I give the weak handshake. You know, I hate that. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, no, you don't want that, yeah. You know, like, yeah. somebody
3: grabs your fingers, like, I, and it's like, you can't ask, hey, let's shake hands again because it's just awkward, um, unless you know the person or whatever. But, uh, so, like, I try to extend, like, I try to have my, my hand, my, my fingers open, you know, so, like, they can't squeeze my hand too soon. Um but there, there's a different handshake for certain people. And, it, it, you know, if you've ever had the opportunity to shake Adrian Peterson's hand, you know, <laughs> you know it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like I said, Taylor was the same way and, uh, and Brees Hall was the same way. But he, he was he was every bit as good as, as advertised in the combine. Now, funny exchange happened on, on the set because Ryan Wilson, who's fantastic and hates Adam Azer, by the way. Um, yeah. Ryan Wilson has Ken Walker as his favorite running back. Now, obviously, he's looking at it from an NFL perspective. I'm looking at it from a fantasy perspective. Ah, uh, because Walker did not show a lot catching the ball at Michigan State or at Wake Forest. So, you know, he—I I asked him about that. You know, I said, you know, what's—is that the part of your game that you need to, you know, sort of showcase that you can do? He's like, yeah, you know, you know, give me an opportunity to run routes. I'll—I I'll, certainly catch the ball. In my hands are not a problem. It's just the way offense plays. Blah blah. But I said to Brees Hall, I said Ryan, uh, I said Brees, uh, Ryan has you as uh, the number two running back in the class. You're my favorite. Convince him why. He's wrong, and it didn't mean it to come across like I'm trying to throw Ryan under the bus, but that's obviously <laughs> the way that it came across. Yes, and it did.
0: you did mean it that way, huh? You did not mean it that way. No, I,
3: I was, I, you know, uh-huh. I, I played, I played, you know, a couple games with some of these prospects. I yeah. said, uh, Ryan and Tommy Tran uh, was the host, and I said, all right, Ryan is the coach, Tommy's a GM. Look at them and tell them why they should draft you. You know, I did that with a couple of the prospects, um, and uh, so I was kind of trying to do the same thing, you know, convince him why why he should make you number 1. You know, he's not locked in. This isn't his final you nor know, prospect list. And he sized up Ryan <laughs> with his eyes and he was like, there there are there might be two guys in this in this class that you like. I am not number 2. <laughs> no, he <laughs> so, said I'm top 2 and not 2. Yeah, whatever he said. I, I, that, <laughs> y- right, you corrected it. Um so that's Ryan was like, uh, I, you threw me I, under that, the Reese hall bus. That's a good um, question
0: that you asked. I think that's fun.
3: Uh but in any event, um he, he, he did nothing to dispel my, my thoughts that he's the best running back in his class. I like Isaiah Spiller. I thought he was great. Um, James Cook, I asked him, uh, what's the difference between you and your brother? It's Dalvin Cook's brother. And he said, my hands are a 10. <laughs> so I don't know if that meant that his brother stands or not. Um, and he kind of likened himself more to a pass catching back. Um, I'm, I'm going to say his name probably wrong, but Kyron Williams, either Kyron or Kieran. Uh, I think it's Kyron. Brady Quinn, correct me. Uh, the kid from Notre Dame. Uh, just very impressive speaking to him very unimpressive with his drills uh slowest time of any running back and so mm-hmm. just you know feel bad for the kid hopefully it doesn't you know ruin his potential because i do think he could be you know a good third down back i don't know if he'll be you know a featured guy brady was trying to convince me otherwise but again notre dame bias mm-hmm. uh but in any event um their running back you know class was was interesting um i i Spoke to a couple of the receivers. Uh, Drake London was the one that was most impressive to me. He's starting to become one of my favorites of the non-Ohio State guys. <laughs> uh, and I think Jamison Williams would have probably improved his stock as well if he had not had the ACL. He probably would have been the best. He, 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 he still might be the best receiver in this class. I don't think he's going to get drafted first. Uh, Traylon Burks obviously did not have a great 40-time, um, 40, 40 you know, especially given how fast everybody was running. Um, Alex Pierce is be- quickly becoming one of my favorite guys for sure. Uh, the receiver from uh-huh. Cincinnati, um, but we'll see where he ends up. You know, he's going to be a guy I think that has, uh, uh, you know, the receivers you don't really know based on name, uh chance to You'll make, know it, him. make an impact. Yep. Um, and then I spoke to Malik Willis. You know, I was I was on the on the set with Malik Willis, and he was uh, very well spoken. You know, uh, thinks he can be the best quarterback in this class. Um, you know, had, uh, arguably the best moments of any of the rookies at the combine and it didn't happen in the building. It was, you've probably seen the video by now. He was uh, helping a homeless person on the street. Uh, and somebody just happened to catch him, you know, r- recorded it happening, um, where he was seemingly giving, you know, either money or something to a homeless person, but, uh, took the time and, and, and spent it, you know, what seemingly a couple minutes there. So, um, Kenny Pickett's hands were, were obviously a big story, you know, in terms of what his hand size was—eight and a half. It's uh, smaller than Burrow, who came in at nine. Uh, last quarterback that had hand sizes of this size that was anything of significance was Michael Vick. Uh, obviously, Kenny Pickett doesn't do that, so we'll see how that hurts his stock. Um, Matt Crowell, uh, you know, he, he
0: Coral, see, wait, right? Matt Coral.
3: I I think it's Crowell, but I'm, I might be wrong. Um, uh, okay. I was looking uh, at the pronunciation. Okay. I thought I thought that's what it was. If, in any it. event, um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, Pete Prisco sold on Pickett being the best guy. Just in talking to him off the air, uh, he thinks he's going to be he's he's the alpha of the group. And then Carson Strong said his knee's not an issue. Uh, you know, clearly that's going to be the thing that that probably knocks him the most. But he said. You know, he took it off prior to his last game. Went through the Senior Bowl practices without the knee brace on. Uh, didn't wear the knee brace, you know, for uh, whatever he you know was doing with the teams um, or showing the teams. So, you know, that's going to be the thing that knocks him. I think he's the best pure thrower in the of the group, um, but we'll we'll have to see how teams do that.
0: Okay, great stuff. Uh, I'm looking forward to this rookie class. Maybe five wide receivers being drafted in the first round. Going to be a lot to talk about. Don't know if we'll have any running backs making the first round, but it will uh, provide us some interesting fantasy takes for sure.
3: Ryan keeps comparing it to the, uh, 2020 class where, you know, we didn't expect to see someone go in the first round. edwards lair surprises at the end of the first round with the chiefs, but think about round two, you know, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Deandre Swift, cam Akers, JK Dobbins, and where we think of those guys. Now, if everybody was healthy and had the years that we thought they're going to have, uh, you would have be, you know, we'd be talking about maybe potential first round picks for Akers, for Swift, obviously Taylor. Um, Dobbins, you know, if they had performed like we thought they were capable of performing last year and hopefully those guys that were injured and, and coming off some, some strong seasons can do it again.
0: I think it is corral. I know I heard it as coral when I was watching, but
3: Oh, you're right. It's corral.
0: I'm sorry. Wait, no, you said it right. I said it wrong. Okay. So, but thank you, Jamie. Uh, we'll just pretend I was right about that. All right. You're you're right. We right. need a backup somewhere. Do, uh, do some news and news. <laughs> Uh, There's some news and notes here, and Dave already mentioned this, but the Bills are going to allow Cole Beasley to seek a trade. Multiple teams have expressed interest in trading for Derek Carr. His status seems pretty up in the air right now. That's according to the Las Vegas Mm, Review-Journal. Saquon Barkley not expected to be traded. That that was uh, Ian Rappaport, but also I think that's the prevailing sentiment. That was another kind of refreshing take. And, and, you know, Arthur
3: Smith also said something kind of similar about Matt Ryan, but... Um, both, uh, Joe, how you pronounce the GM's name. I never get it right. Oh, Shane, Joe Shane and Brian Dable, you know, kind of saying if the right offer is there, we have to consider everybody, you know, and you know, usually when you hear about a, a franchise player, and I think still think Barkley's somewhat of a franchise player. You don't say, yes, we're considering trading. him. And Arthur Smith said, if the right offer is there for Matt Ryan, we have to entertain it. You know, so, uh, the, when situation, Arthur Smith saying that about Matt Ryan, which didn't get any headlines because nobody was kind of paying attention to the Falcons. Um, And and the Giants situation, you know, obviously, which got a lot of buzz with Barkley. So if if teams are willing to, I think, pony up for what the Giants would be asking for, I'm sure they would consider it. But I I I think that report is accurate. They're not going to trade Saquon Barkley anytime soon.
0: Patriots cornerback J.C. Jackson is going to become a free agent. He wants big time money. Chris Carson's recovery from neck surgery is going well, according to USA Today. Nice. So he really might be the number one running back. It's not. And there there's
3: there's. Another report that came out—I think it was uh, last night or this morning—that the Seahawks aren't going to get in a bidding war with Rashad Penny. Uh, Carroll was pretty glowing about Rashad Penny, you know, talking about the way that he finally came through last season, looked like the guy that they they drafted. You know, a lot of things that we said as well, uh, but Carroll putting words to it that you know they were just so happy for him, they want him to come back. But again, I don't think they're going to overpay for that position, which again I think makes sense.
0: Calvin Ridley's situation with the Falcons is, is extremely complicated, according to Ian Rapaport. Minnesota head coach Kevin O'Connell said he's going to move Justin Jefferson around the formation, and obviously the comparison would be Cooper Cup. Just the way the Rams play, the guys moved around a lot and could see that with Justin Jefferson. Uh, Blake Jarwin, not expected to be ready for week one. He played, I think, eight games last year for the Cowboys, but his hip injury is a pretty serious one. Jarwin, not expected to play. And for what it's worth, you did see more routes run per game for Dalton Schultz without Blake Jarwin on the field. I don't know if that was just because he was taking on a bigger role later in the season, but you did see an increase there. In fact, in the last, I want to say, 10 games of the year, like uh, Dalton Schultz was third in the NFL in routes run behind Deontay Johnson and Stephon Diggs, and he was only one route behind Diggs. Uh, the Saints re-signed Juwan Johnson to a one-year deal. The Pan- The Patriots have talked to the Panthers about acquiring Robbie Anderson, according to Boston Sports Journal. They definitely seem to want to upgrade at wide receiver. So they're a team to keep an eye on. The Patriots, that is. Uh Tyree Kill expected to sign a four year $85 million deal according to Pro Football Network. The Chiefs franchised or will franchise tackle Orlando Brown, left tackle, and the Rams want to re-sign Odell Beckham. And after all that, it's now time for our mystery draft. So here's how it will work. I have on, let me get Andrew's notes. I have basic clues right, about thanks, three Andrew. three quarterbacks, three running backs, and three wide receivers. And I'm going to give you basically their statistical profiles, and you guys get to pick who you want. And you will obviously leave one of them on the dra- on the board. So, Jamie, uh, well, who wants to get? Who wants to be first at court? One of you will be first at quarterback. One of you will be first at running back, and then I'll ha- I'll decide who goes first at quarterback. All right, wide receiver. Pardon me, Jamie. Would you like to be the first person to pick a quarterback or a running back? I will go with quarterback. Okay. So I'm going to give you three quarterbacks here. Okay, this would be a good visual segment if I had graphics, but I don't. So just try to play along at home, everybody, as best you can. Quarterbacks A, B, and C. Quarterback A has two top ten finishes in his career, one top five. So wait a minute, am I supposed to just you say don't the player even, when I get it? You're going to hear his stats and then pick one of them. Yeah, don't even get. You can say if you want to talk, think out loud, who you think it is whatever, but that would be beneficial to Dave. Okay, all right. So quarterback A has two top 10 finishes in his career, one top five. Quarterback B has not finished top 10 in his career. Quarterback C has four top 10 finishes and two top six. He's never finished higher than six, though. So quarterback A has a top five finish. Quarterback B has two top six finishes, four top 10. and oh, Sorry, that's quarterback C. Quarterback B has never finished in the top 10. I already screwed this up. Great. All right. Let's go to some completion rates and yards per attempt. Quarterback A, 66% completion rate, 7.5 yards per attempt. Quarterback B, 61.3% completion rate, ugh, 7.3 yards per attempt. Quarterback C, 66.3% completion rate, 7.5 yards per attempt. Quarterback C was the best there, although tied with quarterback A in, in yards per attempt. we passer rating. Quarterback A was 11th best. Quarterback B, 22nd best last year. Quarterback C, yeah. Fourth best passer rating last year. All right, so I've kind of set it up. Quarterback B, at least we know, is the worst passer of the group. How about air yards? Quarterback A, 18th in air yards per pass attempt. Quarterback B, fourth in air yards per pass attempt. A lot of downfield. Quarterback C, eighth in air yards for pass attempt. How about receivers? Quarterback A had 2,000 yard receivers last year. Quarterback B had none. Quarterback C had one.
2: You guys kind of following? Is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not only am I following, I already know which quarterback Jamie's taking and which quarterback I'm taking. (laughs) Okay, Jamie, who do you want? I'll take quarterback A. Okay. Dave? I'll take quarterback C. But I'm sure quarterback B is going to be uh, one of the rookie quarterbacks, like Justin Fields or somebody like that. Yeah.
0: All right, let's go to running backs, Dave. You get the first running back pick. Wait, we don't know who they are. You're not going to tell no, us? Not yet. I'm going to tell you at the end. Okay. Are you want you want to know now? That's fine. I will do it now. Jamie selected Justin Herbert.
2: Dave selected Kirk Cousins. I knew it. And you both. <laughs> I, knew it was because- I was hoping Jamie was going to take quarterback C. Look at uh, a right
1: here,
0: you know. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. You, might you him, better this year. You left Jalen Hurts on the board.
3: Jalen Hurts was quarterback. I knew. That I, I had a feeling it was Hurts when you said no, no top ten finishes. So it was somebody young. Um And then when you started to say the the, air, I knew that he, you know, when he threw the ball down the field, he threw it. When he threw the ball, he threw the ball down the field a lot. So the air I'm, surp- air
2: I'm surprised that
3: he
0: was fourth in air yards. Me too. I'm surprised Cousins was fourth in passer rating.
2: Yeah, I, I did a little research on Cousins. You'll see it on the site sometime soon, but I, I think there's some room to be optimistic about him now that Zimmer's gone and that O'Connell's there and that there's a relationship between O'Connell and Cousins. He's got a shot to finish top 12 among quarterbacks. He always finishes top 12. That's the thing. It's just no, it's, see, like, he, he's been top six before or like top 10 a bunch of times, like Adam said, Four times. but never better than six. He's the quarterback that, no one's going to be excited to draft and he'll come after all the exciting. He should be 50 off the board. Yeah. Like right around there. Yes.
3: You, You should look at him as if you miss, or if you take a Lance or a fields, that's the guy you pair him with.
0: Yep. I think what's tough about a player like cousins is in a two QB league. Do you go with Lance fields or cousins? might be a risk tolerance thing. Um,
3: I think you go with one of those two guys and cousins kind of similar approach. And then you kind of okay. backfill that with like a Tannehill or a, uh, you know, somebody that's also kind of a reliable veteran that, you know, you can get by with. Matt Ryan, that type of guy. All
0: right, Dave, you got to make up a little ground here. Okay. No, I don't. Kirk cousins is okay.
3: Yeah. He's got I'm Herbert. You got,
0: cousins. let's All do right. running backs. Uh, okay. Running back a career 5.1 yards per, is this career? yards per carry, 8.3 yards per catch. Running back B, career 4.1 yards per carry, 7.7 yards per catch. So both much worse than running back A. Running back C, career 6 yards per carry and 6.7 yards per catch. Best rush average, the worst receiving average for running back C. Running back A has nine career rushing touchdowns. Running back B has 33 career rushing touchdowns. And running back C, just like running back A, has nine career rushing touchdowns. How about his role? Running back A has 4.6 carries per catch in his career. 4.6 carries for every catch in his career. Running back B has 6.5 carries per catch in his career. Running back C has 7.4 carries per catch in his career. That might hint give you a hint as to who just doesn't really catch passes, basically, or maybe not. Maybe who just gets a lot of both. And finally, <laughs> what about team profile? Running back A's team was second in rush attempts in 2021, 21. Total rush attempts, not running back rush attempts. Running back B, 19th in rush attempts. His team was 19th in rush attempts in 2021. Running back C, this team was third in rush attempts in 2021. So you do have two running backs here who are on top three yeah. rush attempt offenses. If you need any uh, any of the info repeated, let me know. Otherwise, make your pill- make your pick.
2: I'll I'll take running back A. Okay, Jamie, who do you want? I'll take running back B. Okay, Dave, you're gonna have
0: have to get some help at wide receiver because Jamie has Justin Herbert and Joe Mixon. You have Kirk Cousins and Miles Sanders. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yes. I think Miles Sanders, a uh, career 5.1 yards per carry and 8.3 yards per catch. That is exceptional.
2: Yeah, but exceptional. we know
3: what to do. Andrew has not disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew's my son who gave James. Who was
2: the- he? Who was, who was running back? Sanders? Oh, I can't let you uh, in on that info yet.
0: Any 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 guesses, guys? Career six yards per carry, six point seven yards per catch, nine rushing touchdowns. Not a lot of catches, seven point four carries per catch. Nine rushing, rushing in his career? nine rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he and Sanders. Yeah, nine in his career. Um, I thought the six yards per carry would uh,
2: entice uh, would the the seven point four whatever carries per catch made me it's jk dobbins okay yeah he's played one year has that's those are his career numbers all right dave
0: i'm gonna let you go first at wide receiver since you need the help
2: Um, i'm gonna it's gonna be a terrible player i'm already sure of this wide
0: receiver a but let me tell you this they all led their team last year in targets catches and yards wide receivers a and b also led their teams in touchdowns wide receiver c did not but all of these guys were leading their team in targets, catches, and yards. And two of them, A and B, led their team in touchdowns. Wide receiver A had an 11.1 A dot. Wide receiver B, 9.8. Wide receiver C, 10.3. So most downfield uh, guy was wide was receiver A. Wide receiver A, 7.5 yards per target, ranked 75th. And that was actually the second lowest mark of his career, 7.5 yards per target. Wide receiver B, 8.4 yards per target, ranked 41st. He also had the lowest A dot. Wide receiver C, 9.2 yards per target, by far the best in this group, ranked 20th. And he had the, sec- he had the middle A dot. Catch rate, wide receiver A, 63%. Wide receiver B, 68%. Wide receiver C, 66% where do they line up wide receiver a 78 percent of his uh, snaps on the are out wide wide receiver b 84 percent out wide. Ooh. wide receiver c 65 percent out wide wide receiver c was more slotty um he was he's said slotty right uh, slotty he was second <laughs> in a dot he was second in yards per target and he was second in catch rate wide receiver b had uh the best uh, no, I'm sorry. I screwed that up. Wide receiver C was first in yards per target. Wide receiver B was second in yards per target. Wide receiver A was last in yards per target. Anything else you need to know, Dave?
2: You uh, like- do you have touchdowns? I can. All right, yeah, sure. What I'll help you out with that. All I right. mean, I think I already know which one I'm taking.
0: Who do you think right now you're taking?
2: I think I'm taking wide receiver C.
0: All right, wide receiver A had 10 touchdowns. Wide receiver B hmm. had six. Wide receiver C had six. Overall, wide receiver A had kind of disappointing statistics,
2: except for the touchdowns. Except for the touch, right. Wide receiver, wide, receiver B receiver B sounds- yeah. wide receiver B sounds like DJ Moore. I'll take think- wide receiver B. I'll change my mind based on that. I was going to take C. All
0: right, Jamie, who do you want, A or C? Um, I will take Stefan Diggs. <laughs> yeah, wide receiver A, Stefan Diggs. Um, Jamie is going to kick your ass. Justin Herbert, Joe Mixon.
2: Yeah, you took, uh, did you take Jalen Waddle?
0: No. Justin Herbert.
2: I would have been happy with Waddle. Joe
0: Mixon and Stefan Diggs. Diggs. Dave has Kirk Cousins, Miles Sanders, and Michael Pittman. You have Michael Pittman. And Terrific. wide receiver C was CeeDee Lamb.
3: Listen, man, Jacob Eason to Michael Pittman next year.
0: (sighs) (laughs) And you just did our mystery draft. Good job, guys.
2: Good job. So I I don't know what that necessarily proved because you you took a bunch of stats that were arbitrary. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. well, let's let's read
0: this question from Donnie Brook. Is Adam's dad a CBS exec or something? Was this show a birthday present? Dave and Jamie were threatened if they refused to participate. <laughs> he also says running back A prefers to wear green underwear while running back B likes blue. Uh, okay, does anyone <laughs> at CBS have a handler to protect Adam from himself?
3: I'm going to do a bunch of research on nine players. <laughs> Why don't we just do a real draft?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. What do you mean a real draft? Because we were trying to go. Here's with the, the goal player
3: goal. pool, and then I'll give you the stats on the players.
0: You know, you you never know what it's going to be unless you try. So you wait, what's your What's try. your team?
3: What did your team end up with?
0: Oh, I get the I get the scraps. Yeah, I get better Jay, than mine. Jalen Hurts, J.K. Dobbins, and Ceedee Lamb.
3: Yeah, you're pretty team good. Is team. Like the best.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I Andrew
3: thought was nuts, I'm telling you.
0: What was interesting is how much better, to me, how much better Miles Sanders' career numbers are than Joe Mixon rate wise. Um, Maybe that's why rate stuff like that doesn't matter. All
2: right. Time.
0: Of course. Uh, Michael Pittman had a pretty damn solid year 8.4 yards per target and a 68% catch rate on a respectable 9.8 dot. That's really good. So, Chris Ballard, while we're there, Chris Ballard said uh, they're not
3: opposed to bringing back T.Y. Hilton, which will be interesting. Um, really would probably help Michael Pittman, to be honest with you. Um, uh, and he also said unsolicited, don't give up on Paris Campbell yet. So, you know, we'll see if he can stay healthy. And it's funny, you go back to the combine two years ago, Campbell was, you know, one of the fastest guys there. It was him and Terry McLaurin um, in terms of speed. <clears throat> and we know Campbell, unfortunately, just has not stayed healthy. Right. So that that's a real area of need for the Colts is to find another receiver or some, some help at receiver and, and probably tight end as well.
0: Well, that's all I have for today's show. Glad it went so well. You have a mystery outro? <laughs> No, but man, this guy, Donnie Rook, really hates me. My goodness. Okay. oh, Dan Schneier's watching too. I got a great Dan Schneier story. I, I listened to Dan Schneier's podcast, and I have a review of it, and uh, I'll give it on the air next time. <laughs> Dan Schneier's on. So the what a big blue banter? It's a good good podcast. So uh, that's Dave and Jamie. I'm Adam. We'll talk you didn't to answer your question. What? You can answer Dan's question? What I didn't follow him on Twitter, so Jamie makes it out to be that I got on Ryan Wilson's bad. Jamie is trying like Jamie's such an instigator. He made Brees Hall hate Ryan Wilson. He's making Ryan Wilson hate me. Jamie's trying to like just ruin all these relationships with Ryan Wilson. I
3: would just like to know why you haven't had him on yet.
0: We're gonna have him on.
3: It's draft season and you haven't had him on yet. Not really draft season. Yeah, I, the combine is draft
2: season. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, Chris Trapasso on.
0: Uh, next time we do mystery draft, I'll have Ryan on.
2: Why don't I, you do that with prospects? See if Ryan can get the product. Oh, I bet you can. It's a good idea.
3: Alright, we're out of here. Bye.